Today's show is brought to you by P. Allen Smith & Associates. Let us design your dream garden at pallensmithandassociates.com. From Moss Mountain Farm in Arkansas, this is the P. Allen Smith Garden Home Podcast that teaches how to grow, cook, decorate, entertain, and sustain in a manner that embraces our collective past and hope for the future. For more information, log on to pallensmith.com. And for a video replay of this podcast, subscribe to P. Allen Smith's YouTube channel and sign up for notifications. Now here's P. Allen Smith. Hello everyone. So glad you all are here. Hello. So happy to have you here. We're all cozied up here to, to talk about something we all love, hydrangeas, right? Yeah. yeah. You know, I never met a hydrangea I didn't like. Have you? Well, it's a wonderful plant, and I'm so excited that you all are here and share the same level enthusiasm that I have for them. What do you think of our floral display up here? Well, these are some things that we've been growing around the farm, and I wanted to share some of our experiences with them, and some of those experiences have been kind of sad. (laughs) That's what happens. I first want to thank uh, all of our listeners out there on our vlog and those that want to watch this on YouTube. You can see it. Uh, You can watch yourselves a little later. And I know that Patrick's already told you we're going to have a time for Q&A. So if you've got some questions about hydrangeas, we want to make sure that you have a chance to to get those out there and I'll do my best to answer them. Because I have lived a lifetime with hydrangeas and it's made me a happier person. (laughs) All right? They just make me happy. So why don't we start first with just some of the basic hydrangeas so we all understand the different types of hydrangeas. How's that? Does that sound good? Yeah. All right. So um, first of all, I like to talk about the native hydrangeas, the hydrangeas that are native to America. Um, And so one of my favorites is this one, uh, which has a cone-shaped bloom on it, and it has an oak-like leaf on it. Does anybody know what the name of this one is? Oak leaf hydrangea, there you go. Wow, I love it. It's just so great to have an audience full of Captain Obviouses, yeah. That is so good. Um, So anyway, this is a wonderful native plant. Grows in the southeast. Um, um, You see it, it's a ubiquitous plant in the northern Georgia all through up through the Carolinas and even up north. It's a wonderful, fall plant because of its uh, great deep red leaf. And uh, I love the shape of the leaf. You know, it has an oak oak leaf. There are a lot of cultivars of this. So when when you're thinking about hydrangeas, you also have to think not only about the the species, but what variety. So it starts getting really complicated. So you go oak leaf hydrangea. So if you use the Latin, it's hydrangea. That's the genus, the quercifolia. Quercus is Latin for oak. Folia is leaf, foliage, all right? So quercus, quercifolia, all right? And then they complicate it with all these cultivars, all right? So you can get Snow Queen, and there's something, there's lots of different kinds of oak leaf hydrangeas that you can find out there. Snow Queen is one that I've grown before and they have the the panicles on the hydrangea 
are so heavy they will fall to the ground. Um, and that, that can be a little bit of a problem. Sometimes you have to prop your hydrangeas up. And um, I, we certainly have to do that with our peonies. Do you all grow peonies? And I love peonies. They're one of my favorite flowers. So the oak leaf hydrangea is a very good, good one for shade. Any of us who have tried to garden in shade, you've probably been very frustrated and wondered what in the world can I grow in the shade? And so hydrangeas can, are one of those great plants that come to our rescue. And they love the shade. And the oak leaf hydrangea in particular will do well in the shade. I think better than the European types, which need a little more sun. We'll talk about those in just a minute. But first, there is another native hydrangea that we have to talk about. And that's this hydrangea. Does anyone know the name of it? No. Here, I'm going to hold one of them up. Look at this gorgeous thing. Blooming just now. Yes. It was discovered um, in uh, the United States as a native plant. This is Hydrangea arborescens, or sometimes called the old Annabelle hydrangea. And these will bloom amazingly, and they're in full flower right now. And I'm going to pass some of these around so you all can look at them. Let's just pass some of them around. We're going to talk a little bit about, if we'll just go to the next, down the aisle, there we go. Look at that. Just like church, isn't it? <laughs> now, what I think is so wonderful about that, I feel like Dr. Phil. Yeah, there we go. We'll get into personal problems a little later in the show. Um, but what's, what's amazing about this plant is this is our first hydrangea to really flower here on the farm. And so this one sort of heralds the summer for us, and that's why I like it so well. Now, how many of you got a Gilbert H. Wild catalog? Did you get one? Hold it up. Gilbert H. Wild, and the reason I'm, I have that for you, if you'll turn to page, I don't know, 41 or something like that, the hydrangeas are listed there. A lot of people have have complained that they have not been able to find some of these hydrangea varieties on the, is that, are we right, page 41, page 41. And you can see this one is called Incredible. This is Incredible. So I'm gonna go back just a moment. The Latin is hydrangea arborescens, okay. But this cultivar is not Annabelle, this one is incredible. Now, why is it better than Annabelle? Well, the stems are stronger. And she doesn't tend, Annabelle gets weepy when it rains, okay? She's kind of weepy. And these have very strong stems on them, as you can see. And that's why I wanted to pass this around for everyone to see the huge blooms on these. And this is small, okay? We've grown them where they were almost this big. It looked like we'd been feeding them atomic pellets or something. <laughs> so this um, hydrangeas um, are also beautiful for flower arranging. And let me just pause a moment before I jump into some of the other varieties. Um, they, uh, a couple of tricks, you wanna cut them in the morning, early, okay? While the stems and the leaves are really full of moisture, that's very, very important. The more mature the bloom, the more likely the, uh, the more likely the plant will, or the bloom will hold up. They will actually uh, withstand you cutting. 
We had a few that are a little droopy that I think they took out because they were embarrassed by them. Um, but the, they didn't make it on the stage, sorry. But what I was going to show is an immature bloom having been cut, and it didn't really withstand being taken as a cut flower, all right? So what you want to do, these are, these are just mature enough to start cutting and using in arrangements. Have you ever used a, a hydrangea in arrangement that just flopped, it just didn't hold up? One of the things you can do, a trick, is you can cut these off with the, at the stem and stick the end of the stem in alum. Now you all know about alum, don't you? Who's made pickles in here before? If you want crispy pickles, you're gonna use alum, right? Okay, that makes them crispy. Well, a little bit of alum on the end of the stem before you put it in the, in the arrangement will help hold, they, now why, I don't know, but it seems to work. Don't ask me that, but it does seem to work. So this is incredible. Now you all have walked around the gardens here at Moss Mountain Farm, and at the back, you probably saw some containers with some pink flowering, and they look very much like this. There is a pink form of Annabelle hydrangea, all right? And that one's called Invincible. <laughs> These names, all right? I'm sorry, I can't do anything about it. It's called Invincible. So that's why you all have pens. I see you're writing everything down very studiously. I'm very impressed. There'll be a quiz later and we'll see who moves to the front of the class. All right, so this is our uh, hydrangea arborescence. Annabelle is the one that was discovered in Illinois. Um, and um, it was uh, that, and it was a, someone had just observed it in a garden. It was from the wild and it stood out among all the others. And that's what happened with Incredibles. Somebody was looking at a big block of Annabelles, and here was one that stood up with strong stems and was really tall with huge blooms, and they said, we're gonna call that one Incredible, <laughs> all right? So that's how this happens. All right, so those are the two native hydrangeas that I, I wanted to talk about um, and just give you a little tip on the arrangements of those. Um, one of the questions we get a lot here at the farm is how do you deal with pests? Um, and we are organic here and we really don't use any kind of chemicals. We use things like vinegar. If we wanna kill weeds, you can pull them up and lay them out on the hot concrete and watch them die. <laughs> I love that. It's, it's, a, it's like a therapy for me. Do you all do that? Feels so good. Um, or we will use vinegar and spray vinegar on the grass so we don't use Roundup. We, use, we try to use organic controls. One of the things that we do to try to keep things under control is in the, in the late winter, we will use dormant oil, all right? Um, so I, I, dormant oil or a dormant spray is just a horticultural oil, and what's great about it is that you apply it in the winter when the plant is dormant. Now this is what uh, orchardists have used for a long time. And what's so wonderful about it, it's an oil and it will suffocate the spores of fun funguses, it will, or fungi, it will suffocate the eggs of insects, the pupa and the babies of insects, it's wonderful <laughs> to suffocate them. And so you, you can apply this and it really, really helps. 
So that's one of the methods. We go around and we spray everything. So if you come here in February, you probably are gonna get sprayed with Dormant Oil. <laughs> so be careful and be warned that we will use the Dormant Oil, okay? Works very well. All right, now, what I wanna talk about is um, some of the European um, hydrangeas. Now, this is our friend. We, uh, who doesn't love this one? Grandma had this one, right? This is old hydrangea macrophylla. Macrophylla, big leaf, the big leaf hydrangea. And it comes in two flower forms. You see, this one is the mop head form. It has a round ball-like form. And these really aren't that large of a flower. You've, you've seen them this big before. Um, and then there's the lace cap. And I don't think I've got an example of a lace cap up here to show you today, although they are in the garden. And that is also a, a macrophylla type, okay? Now, one of the things that we do here with these, did you all walk down uh, to the rose garden? Have you been around and seen the garden? and you saw the containers where we have planted. That particular one is one called Rhythmic Blue. Now, if you walk down the paths, you're thinking, these don't look like blue hydrangeas to me. Well, as you know, hydrangeas are sensitive to the soil pH, the acidity or the alkalinity of the soil. That's very important. So in order to make these, um, go um, more blue, you want to acidify the soil, and one thing you can use is aluminum sulfate, okay? And what we've been doing is we've been adding some aluminum sulfate to those pots. Now, don't think that you can go up, run, run down to the store and buy some of this and take it home and put it on your pink hydrangea and, you know, wake up the next morning, <laughs> have a cup of coffee and go out there and it's blue. It doesn't work that way, all right? You have to do it gradually. So you will, it will take a, a couple of seasons to get it to change the color that you want. Now, if you want your hydrangeas to be pink, what do you add? The opposite, something to sweeten the soil. And you can use hydrated lime. Did I bring, yes, yeah, so, or you can use um, just agricultural limestone, all right? Agricultural limestone. Just uh, that will sweeten the soil, and that'll make those blue hydrangeas go uh, pink. And somewhere in the middle, they're gonna be purple, right? Because they're confused, and you're, they're right at neutral, so kind of expect that. And um, that's, that, that's, then what we like to do is we use a fertilizer, a liquid fertilizer. We love to use chicken manure and poultry manure of all kinds in our compost, and we put it around the hydrangeas every winter. They get sprayed with Norman oil, the stems, the bare stems, and then we put the manure around them in January and February, and then jump back, because as soon as they start to wake up, we want to make sure they've got plenty of food. And so when they wake up, there it is. It's there available for them. And through the summer, we'll give them an organic fertilizer this works really well. I have a little bit of it in my coffee in the morning. Um, and, but any, any organic liquid fertilizer, add that to them because on these, they bloom on old wood, okay? Now we're gonna have a little pruning lesson here. I can see, all I have to say is pruning. I can see fear in your faces. How many are you afraid of pruning? You're gonna do it the wrong way. 
Well, there's a few honest people here. I noticed how they raised their hands. Now, the thing to think about here is on the Annabelles, if you come here in February, we have cut these down to halfway below my knee. They are stumped off because they bloom on new growth. All of those out there that you saw today that are this high were this short in February. Be ruthless with them. <laughs> Cut them back. Go out there and get serious with them. And they will flush and come up and at the end of every stem you will have blooms like this. Now do not do that to these macrophyllas. Do you know why? You'll cut off all the flowers because they are on, they bloom on old wood. And that's why I'm telling you to feed them through the summer. Feed them through the summer because they are forming those buds for next year for blooms, all right? If you've had issues with hydrangeas not blooming, sometimes that's the case. Now think about it. Put yourself in the position of a hydrangea. I want everybody to get in touch with your inner hydrangea, okay? Now, do you realize how much energy it takes to produce flowers like that? And some people will go, well, my hydrangea last year was just great, and this year, that thing isn't blooming worth a darn. You know, like it's a poor hydrangea's fault. <laughs> Did they ever think about feeding it? No. So if feed them along the season, that's what's really important. They need to be fed along the way. Okay, now, the other thing that I wanna point out, because we're talking about seasons of bloom, we talked about the, the old Annabelle, the improved Annabelle blooming first, and then we talked about coming right behind it, come the old European types, and then this is the panicle hydrangea that begins to bloom. Now. There are no blooms on it yet, but if you look closely, you'll see buds of flowers. How many in their grandmother or great-grandmother's garden or yard had an old PG hydrangea that made almost a hydrangea tree? Do you all remember those? I remember them when I was growing up. Well, that's the old PG hydrangea or hydrangea paniculata, okay? Hydrangea paniculata and it will come into flower in the summer. If you go up through the East Coast and you look at these wonderful gardens in Rhode Island and, and uh, all through uh, New Massachusetts and New Hampshire and so forth, you'll see a lot of these panicle type hydrangeas blooming, okay? They'll, they'll literally make trees. And so one of them is limelight hydrangea. Do you know limelight hydrangea? This is a limelight hydrangea that will bloom later in the season, and it's a panicle type, okay? Very good, um, I've, I've had a PG, now PG, it's P-E-E-G-E-E, -E -E, PG. That, so if you look it up, that's what it is, that's the old fashioned. Well then someone went along and they said, gosh, look at that PG hydrangea, that one's really special. So they named it Limelight and gave it a name and registered it and now they get a royalty off of it. <laughs> so that's why you see that one out there in the market. And it is better, it blooms heavier and the stems are a little stronger to hold up those big blooms. Then the last hydrangea, 
The last one of the season blooms here, and you have to come here in July to see it. And it's hydrangea tardiva, tardy hydrangea, late, the Latin word for late. Y'all know about being late, don't you? Well, that's the latest of the hydrangeas to bloom, hydrangea tardiva. And I've had one of those for almost 20 years as well, downtown in the, histor in the historic district where we have a cottage. It's been there and I look forward to it blooming every July and August, all the way until early September. So that's the range of hydrangeas that, that we grow here and kind of the approach that we take in, in using them as cut flowers and also as growing them as great garden plants. Um, we find that um, these, these all prefer filtered light. Did you notice how when you walk down the alley, we were trying to create a space of, of, of a high canopy where there's just a little bit of sunlight, filters through all day long. That is an ideal setting for hydrangeas. They like that. If they prefer a, they prefer a, a uh, if you have to give them sun, full sun, full morning sun is much better than afternoon sun. You will hear them scream and die <laughs> if, you, if they get full on wet all day and western sun. It's just too hot for them, all right? You can grow them in containers. You saw those out there. They've been out there four years in containers. Um, we use a, those are, don't tell anybody, but plastic containers. <laughs> you didn't know that, did you? Did you go there and knock on them and see where they were really terracotta? Is it real or Memorex or whatever, you know, yeah. So those have, had the, the containers have held up very well. Um, and um, they have a little patina on them now, so they look a little more convincing. But we've got dropped down to six degrees here, and they've been up above the ground in those pots. So the, think about that. They've been very hardy, H-A-R-D-Y, not to be confused with hearty, uh, which means they're vigorous. Hardy implies the plant is cold tolerant. It has hard, the hardiness zone. We hear about that, right? So there's a difference in those words. So these, are, these have been very hardy. They have taken the cold very well, in my opinion. So why don't we answer a few questions? Uh, I'm Molly Warrington, and I'm from Benton. And I have purchased vanilla strawberries, hydrangeas, yes. which I love. Um, are they considered the panicula? Vanilla strawberry hydrangea is a panicle type hydrangea. That's right, Molly. So it would be a paniculata. Um, so it's a hydrangea paniculata, and that's a very good one. And they call it strawberries. There's strawberries and cream, and another strawberry one that you may, again, it's all these names. Uh, and those will take more sun. And so you'll find the, the panicle types. PG, limelight, strawberries and cream, and the one you have is what? Vanilla strawberry. Vanilla strawberry. Uh, all of these will take more sun than some of the others. So, and do yeah. those bloom on old wood or new wood? They will bloom on new wood. And so you can cut those back. And if you do cut those back, like the ones we talked about earlier, the Annabelles, they will bloom like crepe myrtles. They will bloom on that new wood that emerges in the spring. Very good question. Thank 
Yeah, she's been Benton, Arkansas. There we go. All right, thank you, Molly. Yes. I'm Debbie Lodge from Fort Smith, and I need a little bit more help on the mop heads because uh, I don't understand the old growth, how to prune around the old growth and handle that. I have a lot of foliage this year and very low blooms. I had a lot of blooms last year. Debbie, on the on these um, these big leaf hydrangeas, the hydrangea macrophyllas, um, the, what you want to do when you prune them is remember the three D's. Okay, you want to take out anything that's dead, diseased, or damaged. That always should come out of any plant, really. And then don't cut them back unless they just are in the way. Okay. And then what you need to do, as I mentioned earlier, you need to be feeding them now. Start feeding them now. And it doesn't hurt to use a dilute, organic, all-purpose fertilizer. I like to use a liquid so I can dilute it down. And I'll pour that around them through the growing seed about once a month. And that, that will help them build up those buds. And when you fertilize, an all-purpose fertilizer is good, but if you go with a higher middle number, which is phosphorus, it's phosphorus that really helps build a good bud set and gives us a good fruit um, uh, set if we're growing apples or berries or something like that. So I hope that helps, yeah. Hello. Hi there. Hi, I'm Charlotte Meeker from Pendleton, Indiana. Oh, great, Charlotte. Yes. I was just in Elkhart, Indiana, yes. so yes. yes. And I've ordered some new peonies too. Thanks for your discount. Oh, hey. <laughs> Anything to keep your hands in the soil. All right. That's right. That's. But I have a huge limelight, and I mean huge. It's up to the rooftop. Yeah. And uh, I just, how far do I trim that down? I've been hesitant. I just cut out the old every year. And it just is beautiful. And so many blooms. So I have the question, how far to cut it, and my other one is, do, do you leave all the blooms on it in the winter? I, I, I've sometimes had so many, I just leave them there. And I think they're beautiful in the winter. Yeah. So these are all very good questions, and I was mentioning to you all about the old PG hydrangea. How long do you think your, your, your hydrangea's been there? How long oh, do you think? Probably six, seven years. Six or seven years, yeah. and it's already that big. Or maybe longer. Yeah, how big around are the trunks? About the size of a mop handle or smaller? Uh, yes, some of them down on the lower right. about that. So what we tend to do is on those panicle hydrangeas, I, I cut them back to the, you, you know the big fat crayons mm -hmm. that we used to use? Yeah. I, I go down the stem and I'll start, and when I get down to about that thickness, I'll cut just above a bud and I'll cut them back. And that'll cause them to shoot out more bloom, more buds. And at the end, as you know, at the end of every one of those new stems, guess what? You get a flower. Yeah. They, and they bloom. And the idea of keeping them all winter, yes, I think they're beautiful. And they capture the frost and the snow and that sort of thing. Won't hurt them at all. But then go back and cut them back in late winter. We, I try to get all my pruning done by... Uh, and my potatoes planted by George Washington's birthday here. <laughs> That's where I remember that. Okay, thank yeah, you. very good. Thank yeah, you for thank coming you. from Indiana. Yeah, thank yeah. You. Hello, my name is Ginger Godfrey and I'm from Bradford, Ohio. Very good, Ginger. And, uh, I have a question that I think have already been answered. I have a limelight and it's only been growing like two years and I haven't had blooms yet. 
but he's on the west side of the house. But I, my question was, how far should I trim it? Maybe I'm cutting off the blooms. Well, Ginger, the, if you have it on the west side of the house and you live in Ohio, um, do you ever notice the, the, the leaves ever blister in the summer? Do they get brown because they've gotten too hot? Yeah, I just told him I think I need to move him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it sounds like, and, and this fall, gently dig, dig it up um, and, and move it. And, and uh, once it goes to sleep, that's the time to move them and just set it over and, and, and put it on the east side and add plenty of uh, good uh, compost around the base of it and everything. And you can go back and on a young plant like that, I would go down to about the size of a pencil, the stems, and just cut it back and it will bloom for you next year if you'll fertilize it as soon as, put, go ahead and put some fertilizer in the hole. It'll be dormant, but when it wakes up, or you can even wait till February or even March in Ohio, and, but when it wakes up, you want to make sure it's got a cup of coffee and a good breakfast, okay? <laughs> Very good. Thank you for coming to from, see us from Ohio. Very good. All right. Yeah. Very good questions. I want to thank all of you for coming to see us here at Moss Mountain Farm. We love having people here. Uh, we want to thank you for supporting Gilbert H. Wild and Sons. They were started in 1885, a great American company. And we hope you will come back and visit us soon. Thank you so much. Thank you. Today's show is brought to you by P. Allen Smith & Associates. Let us design your dream garden at pallensmithandassociates.com. For more information, log on to pallensmith.com. And for a video replay of this podcast, subscribe to P. Allen Smith's YouTube channel and sign up for notifications. 